0: Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Tranuth. Hey, Broker Nation. On this episode of I Love Alt Mortgages, I am joined by Home Trust Business Development Manager Edwina Curran Sills. Edwina was named a CMP Rising Star in 2021, and today she shares how her journey from underwriting to sales allowed her to create the perfect marriage of mortgage skills to help her brokers succeed. Plus, Edwina talks about her experience with deals that need a little more love and how partnership is a two-way street. Hey Edwina, thank you so much for joining us on I Love All Mortgages. Really happy to have you here with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is obviously all mortgages and we want to talk a bit more about, you know, your history in the industry, partnerships, you know, what makes a good partner and things like that, but before we try and get into that, maybe you can just tell everybody a little bit about your journey so far in the mortgage industry and, you know, at Home Trust.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I started out, I guess, in the more the housing market industry. Right when I got out of school, I worked at a real estate office. So got my feet wet a little bit there with Toronto Real Estate. And then moved to Vancouver, where I started with Home Trust about six years ago. So started off in that office as a mortgage officer, moved up into underwriting. So was doing... Vancouver or BC and Alberta deals and then moved back to Toronto 2018 still underwriting and then moved over to our special ops team so worked on some high-risk complex files there and I joined the sales team in February of this year.
0: So what was it like working in, you know, a Toronto market, an Alberta market, and a BC market?
1: So very, very different when you're looking at, I mean, for home trusts, we're all asset-based and what the subject property is really like. So just looking at the various markets, what affects Alberta affects Vancouver very differently. And then the same thing in Toronto, just the regional factors are different when you're putting on your underwriting hat and kind of thinking about the file in general.
0: I think that's pretty unique being able to underwrite in three different markets, although I would say like the BC Toronto one is a little bit similar, but I think just having that kind of background as well is very unique within a company. So that's really cool. So, you know, you transitioned into the sales role earlier this year. Why do you think your transition so far has been really good based on, you know, your underwriting history and how did that help you translate that into, you know, jumping into the sales?
1: So I think underwriting a file and like selling a mortgage product or on the sales side, they're two very different skills. But at the same time, if you combine them, I think they kind of make the perfect marriage of a mortgage lender partner. When a broker calls me, I find it very simple. Like I just kind of sit back and put it back on my underwriting hat and kind of go through their questions or the deal scenario exactly the same way I would as an underwriter. So I think it just makes for a more well-rounded answer when I'm able to provide them with information and kind of a yay or nay if we need to go back to the client and get a little bit more info or if it's something that's ready to be packaged up and sent in our way.
0: Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I took a very similar route as you did, obviously, underwriting at home trust and then moving into the sales role a few years ago. But I think anybody who is in the industry or wanting to join the industry and has aspirations for, you know, a sales role, I think a good starting place would be within the underwriting team because you get a better sense of, you know, what you're looking for, how they're underwriting those files, you know, what our risk appetite is. And I think that really translates well when you want to be able to get over to the sales side because you have that that background know exactly what we want to do. And you know how to sell that. And I think brokers uh, are
1: excited about it as well, where you have a solid product knowledge and not only just the knowledge on it, but how to apply it to various scenarios. So I think that's, it's super beneficial.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As an organization, we're very focused on broker efficiency, efficiency levels. We obviously want that to be, you know, as high as possible. What advice would you give to brokers that may be having difficulties with their efficiency levels, you know, at any specific lender? And how would that help your underwriting team when you know, they're getting the deals in?
1: So an efficient broker ultimately is a beneficial to all parties. So with high efficiencies, you're more beneficial to your brokerage, to the lender partners, and ultimately to their client. I think to become efficient with a specific lender, you obviously need to have a strong relationship with the BDM, or perhaps a specific underwriter that you're working with. But ultimately, if you have a strong relationship with the BDM, then you learn what files fit with each lender. And that translates down then to the underwriter as well, right? If you have a broker who knows their file in and out, knows the client's business, and is able to translate that into an application, that just creates an easier approval for the underwriter, which then in turn is better for the broker, faster for the client. So if you are putting all of your knowledge into learning what is going to fit in what bucket and for each lender, then you're just contributing to the success of all the partners involved.
0: Yeah, and I'd say on a broader scope too. like the more efficient you know brokers are, the more efficient the company becomes. And at that point, that's when you're able to start offering you know better incentives, lower rates and things like that. But when you're dealing with a lot of inefficiency, I mean that makes the cost level, increase significantly where you're not able to offer incentives and things like that so to anybody listening you know it's really important that you know you know your client that you Mm want to be efficient with any lender that you work with because then you'll be able to you know kind of reap those benefits as they come up i wanted to touch on something and we know because it's very important that everybody understands and knows so earlier this year you were named cmp rising star which is A tremendous honour, so congratulations for that. Can you talk a bit about your early success in the sales role and kind of what attributed to, you know, you being nominated as a rising star?
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for the kind words. So for my success, I guess I would honestly contribute it mostly to home Trust and the mentors I've had over the past six years. So like I said, I've had the opportunity to be in Vancouver and in Toronto and have been lucky to be under various different managers, directors, executive management, et cetera. But I think it's just so important to soak up all of their knowledge and the way that everybody views things. So I think right now my success in the sales role is because of my underwriting background and it's just being able to look at deals a certain way or take a big step back and look at the broader picture. It's something that I've carried forward whenever I move a team is just trying to learn as much as I can from that person above me and applying it to my daily activities or my daily life. The wealth of knowledge is really what has contributed to my successes thus far.
0: Yeah, well that's awesome. And congratulations again. That's a great honor and I'm sure you'll be receiving a lot more of those in your yeah. career. Um, obviously you and I have been at Home Trust for quite some time. You know, I would still consider us pretty young in the industry, but you know, as the years go on There's more and more younger people, you know, looking to jump into the industry, depending on whether or not they're jumping into the broker side of it, the lender side of it. Is there any advice that you would give to, you know, younger people starting out in the industry to help them get on the right path to success?
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of redundant from everything you hear out there, but honestly, putting in like 150% into each role you take on, no matter what point you're starting at. I started with the company as a mortgage officer and kind of threw myself into that and learned as much as I could about, you know, the underwriting role that was ahead of me or what the company was doing and how we look at files. So I think not only for our own industry, but for anybody starting out is just put 150% into it. And just, I mean, it's a home trust value as well, but just say yes to everything so that you're learning as much as you can from all parties involved and all facets of the business. I think that's what's really key.
0: Yeah, that's some really great advice there. So thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that you used to be on what you called complex deal underwriting team. So specialized underwriting is what I normally call it. But anybody who might be listening to podcasts may not know or understand what that means. Do you think you could kind of explain and expand on that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, specialized deals are worked on by a team of senior mortgage underwriters who are experienced with what I always say are just the deals that take a little bit more love to get them to the funding line. Mm-hmm. So, a couple examples of them would be kind of your foreign income down payment, multi prop rental portfolios, stated income over 300K. Deals over 2 million. So, what's important to note on these deals is they're definitely doable deals and deals that Home Trust can do all day long. But it's really, really important to, I mean, on all deals, it's important to understand your client, their business, the KYC portion of it. But on these, it's a little bit more so because there's a lot more moving parts and larger numbers, to be honest. So, you know, I always say when you think about your contractor who is stating 300K, he runs his business very differently than the guy who is stating 60K. So you want to make sure that you have a strong understanding of the business, what those true expenses are, because especially when you're working with larger numbers, you can kind of make or break your deal by not understanding the client and you know the large cost of goods they have or large amounts of salaries. Again, the person making 60 or 300K, those vary quite often. One thing to note on specialized deals is sometimes they do require documentation up front. That's why I say they take a little bit more love. But the great thing about it is that once you have the documents completed up front, it's way smoother finishing underwriting when you just have to get the last few outstanding items. And then the client isn't worried about any of those foreign incomes or down payments not coming through.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for expanding on that. And anybody listening that may have a file that, you know, falls into that kind of category, reach out to your business development manager and they can certainly help you initially structure that file, let you know what kind of documentation we would need to help, you know, with that process to make it a little bit more smooth. As, you know, obviously it is a little bit more complex and may take a little bit more love, as Edwina mentioned on that. So thanks for expanding on that.
1: Yeah, no worries.
0: Earlier, obviously I mentioned that we wanted to talk about partnerships and obviously that's a big facet of our business is partnership and having the right partnership with our partners, our broker partners, and you know, them also having partnerships with lenders and things like that. So what does partnership look like to you in this business?
1: I think in the world of mortgages, to me, partnership would be transparency and communication. We're working in a pretty high-paced, high-volume world, and I think communicating openly and setting expectations is what's really important in everyone being successful. I'm a big proponent for, you know, a quick 5, 10-minute call, whether it's, you know, a deal is blowing up and we need to talk through it, or a quick deal scenario, you just got off the phone with someone new. I think just having those quick touch points especially in today of all of the, you know, emails and zoom calls and all of that, the phone calls and just open communication is what's important and ultimately going to get the deal done.
0: Yeah. And so since you've jumped over into the sales role, obviously your relationship with a broker would be a little bit different as an underwriter versus sales. How does a broker help you do your job better?
1: I mean, basically, it's the open communication. I find sometimes brokers are hesitant to kind of give you the whole story in case they say something wrong or it's going to be deemed as a negative. So when we just get the full story out and chat about things, I find it's a lot easier whether we are dealing with a current file, a new file, or we need to be working on something moving forward. I think that's what's kind of key about it.
0: Yeah. And we talk a lot about on the show, obviously, knowing your client, the KYC's, and it's very important for any broker to really know their client before they submit an application into any lender at that point in time. Is there an example that you may have of a deal that came in and, you know, a broker really needed your assistance on it that really demonstrated the strong relationship that you built with that broker and kind of, you know, how did you help, you know, maybe save that deal or get that deal done?
1: So I had a deal recently that it was almost all complete. The income was the last thing to verify. And it was supposed to be just, you know, a regular employed client. Turns out the income kind of fell apart, you know, as it does partway through. So the ratios weren't working and we couldn't ultimately do the LTV that they were looking for. So big thing, again, open communication, these quick five, 10 minute calls. So just chat with the broker, had them go back to the client talk about if there's any other sources of income. Sometimes you need to squeeze every penny out of a file that you can to get it done. So we were able to rework it. There was another source of income in the household and that got the ratios in line and we're able to put them in a better position.
0: That's awesome. No, it's really good. I mean, at Home Trust in general, you know, we're trying to do everything that we can to, you know, provide the right solution and end up, you know, closing those deals for those clients. Obviously, they're in a situation where they need a mortgage. So really good, you know, demonstration of, you know, your willingness to go the extra mile for your broker and ultimately the end client. So thanks for sharing that example. At the end of the day, you know, partnership is a two-way street and we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to support our business partners. And on the flip side, you know, we also need to ensure that you know they're supporting us as well so i want to say thank you to edwina for joining us on the podcast today it was really great having you on congratulations again on the cmp rising star nomination earlier this year that's a great achievement and you know looking forward to see where you grow in this industry
1: awesome thank you so much for having me really appreciate it
0: anytime this is an i love mortgage brokering production